Well, last week we began a series of t- and we're talking about what it means to live a life of authenticity, which is something that we've, we've talked about here at Grace over the years that we really value. One of our core values here at Grace is that we live lives of authenticity before each other. We live in authentic relationships. And we're calling this series Fake Book because uh, uh, sometimes we tend to be fake before others, whether it's uh, in person or even through social media or online. And uh, one perfect way I would think to demonstrate that is a video that I just saw recently online that's been getting a lot of traffic. Over 15 million people around the country have watched this video recently. And it really shows how social media isn't a place where we're always all that authentic. We bristle at companies who over the phone repeat to us every 10 seconds that your call is valuable to us as they hold us on the phone for over half an hour, right? Why? Because it just smacks of inauthenticity. Yet, we touch up our photos, and we filter our words, and we react to people who tend to share things with us sometimes that's a little bit too much, a little bit too authentic at times, and we pull away from it, right? Why is that? For example, uh, Trump was elected president apparently because a lot of people saw him as the real deal, someone who said what needs to be said and wasn't a, a career politician, Yet when he was elected and started tweeting things that were on his mind, people on both sides of the aisle started reacting and saying, would you just take away his cell phone, right? Why is that? You know, I was thinking about that as I was reading a Washington Post article here just a few days ago, and I thought to myself, you know, we, we say we want authenticity, that we, we crave it, but do we? Or do we only want it when it's easy? Do we only want authenticity when it suits us? What does authenticity really even mean? Um, it, it last, uh, last weekend, I asked many of you to go online and to share with me your thoughts on what it means to live an authentic life or to be an authentic person. And you guys gave me some great comments. There were many, many of you who responded to that uh, last week. And a couple of things that I heard that I thought were really helpful was one person said, I think being authentic means being true and genuine and not sugarcoating the way you are. Someone who uh, is genuine in communicating their emotions and thoughts and reflects those in their actions. Another person said, I believe it's someone who's willing to open up about their flaws, to share them genuinely in order to bond with others. And then he said, I can't be friends with someone who doesn't admit that they've had or are having issues. Over the last month or two, I've been thinking about this a good bit myself and trying to wrestle with what does it really mean to be an authentic person, to kind of even guide how I present this series this month. And here's where I've kind of landed this. I took a stab at trying to define this. I would say that the authentic Christian life is a life stripped of pretense, one that's comfortable at being transparent with our, our failures, our doubts, and our struggles, and is consistent, consistent in words and actions in order to find not the approval of others, but of God. Last week, we looked at how this whole thing starts by being real with ourselves and with God, right? Because we can't really be authentic with other people if we're not authentic with ourselves and who we really see ourselves to be and authentic with God. If you missed that message, by the way, I would strongly encourage you this, maybe this afternoon, go home, go to gracetucson.org slash sermons, check that message out because that's kind of like the foundational teaching that kind of, that we're going to be building on for the rest of this series. But with that as a foundation, what we're going to be doing over these next three weeks is building on that by discovering how to be real with each other through 
letting go of our need to please other people and our need to avoid conflict. And today we're going to talk about not wearing masks, but instead being transparent and vulnerable before others. Learning to be real with our hurts and our, our questions in life, even with our struggles, past and present, which I admit is something that's way easier said than done, right? For example, um, I, I was raised in faith. I was raised in the church. Um, I knew from a very early age, I learned very well in Sunday school, the way Christians are supposed to behave, Right? And what I didn't get on Sunday morning, my mom and dad made sure I got every other day of the week. Yet when I was in college, I loved to fit in and I loved to party. And at that age, um, it's common to think that that requires either getting drunk or high, right? You know, it's Friday night, like, woo, let's get wasted. Let's get trashed. And sooner or later, if you don't get addicted, you grow out of that. But you think at the time that the room spinning and you acting impulsive and stupid and ultimately sticking your face in the toilet rather than your fanny, that somehow that's a good thing. I'm just being real with you for a moment. And the truth is, if you're a Christian and you're raised in faith, living that way forces you to make a choice. Either to live inauthentically, to live a duplicitous life and reject God, or... or to reject God, to, to live inauthentically, to live one way around one group of people and the opposite way around the others, or to just walk away from faith, to walk away from church in order to have fun and to be real, to be authentic. I feel for young adults today. It's, it's a hard place to be. Some of you know a little bit about my story. You know that um, I almost died in my college years from an alcohol overdose. Um, those were dark days for me spiritually as I was trying to find something more relevant to my life than what I had. And the truth was, to, just to be frank, I chose to be a faker, to wear a mask. I would party on Friday and Saturday night. I'd enjoy myself and then I'd wake up early Sunday morning. I'd get a really good shot of coffee and I'd hit the road and I'd drive an hour back to my hometown and I'd walk right into my ch- the, the church that I was raised in that my parents were in. And um, I would put on a mask. One Saturday morning, I remember waking up on the floor of my apartment, not even knowing how I got there, but remembering that I had been out partying in a bar the night before. And I started thinking back on this really horrible dream that I had had the night before. It was kind of like a nightmare. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that wasn't a dream. That actually happened. Have any of you ever had that happen in your past where it's like, oh gosh, I wish I could just go back to sleep right now. I don't want to think about what actually happened. And the worst part of it was, the worst part was that I woke up the very next morning, Sunday morning. I drank that cup of coffee. I drove that hour to my parents' church and I, I put on the mask. There's no one I could really talk to about what had happened. Even though I was broken inside, I was hurting, I saw myself as a failure, I didn't know how to cope, I didn't know who to talk to to cope. So I wore a mask. And I did this Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. It's a story in all of my years as pastor that I have seen play out over and over and over again. We think people are here for us as long as we don't do something that we would classify as really, really dumb. And then it's like, oh, that, that is a mask-wearing moment. Can't, can't really be honest and vulnerable about 
that one. You struggle. We might say, hey, I'm struggling with stress or I'm struggling with my boss. And, and that's okay to talk about. But then we share that thing we're really struggling with and we get this look from the other person like, oh, you did what? You're struggling with that? Oh, <laughs> wow. And then what do we do? We put on the mask. It happens in small groups. A place that's supposed to foster authenticity. And to foster transparency. I remember having one couple come into my office years ago and said, Pastor, we tried to be real in our small group. We tried to share what was happening in our marriage and how we were hurting. And they looked at us like we were lepers. Those were their words. So we learned, yep, guess that transparency thing, it only goes up to a certain point. And then we've learned how far we can truly be real. And we need to put on a mask. And it broke my heart. Today, I want us to see from the example of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 how we can quit picking up the masks, those ways that we tend to hide ourselves from other people, and to be real. We're going to see this morning a couple of qualities that Paul demonstrated so well in his life and hopefully learn from those. But as you're turning to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I hope, would hope, encourage you to turn there with me in your Bibles if you have them or go to mygrace.church in your, sermon, in, your, in your web browser and click on the sermon notes tab there. I, I want to read to you a letter that I have. It says this, Dear Pastor, you know me well. I sit toward the front of the church every Sunday. I'm always there. On the way out, I always greet you with a handshake and a smile. You seem to be glad to see me too. But you don't know the real me very well. Behind my happy smile is a life that is somehow unbalanced. Occasionally you have asked me how I'm doing and I've told you I'm fine. How are you? I've learned the easiest way to keep myself is to refocus the attention back on the other person. The truth is, I'm not sure you really want an answer, Pastor. I know you deal with a real lot of pain and a lot of suffering. People losing jobs, their homes, their families, loved ones. Frankly, I'm a little embarrassed to talk to you about where I am spiritually. I'm supposed to be on top of things. After all, I'm a successful businessman. I've tried to take a look at my life, to examine my ways, but the plain truth is I don't know how. I really enjoy your sermons. They move my emotions and my spirit, but on, Sunday, on, on Monday morning... At 9 o'clock, when the phones start ringing and the customers start complaining, I can't seem to make the transition. I really need help. Somehow I sense that my problems are really spiritual problems, but I can't find spiritual answers. I know that my marriage looks like the picture of success, but behind the closed doors of my private castle, life is very different. I would be ashamed for you to know. My children don't seem to like to spend time with me anymore. Frankly, I've shut them out of my life for so long, I can't really blame them. I've wasted more nights in empty hotel rooms than I care to remember. At first, I thought I was doing it for my family, to provide them a better standard of living. But now I realize that I was really doing it for me, for my own personal self-gratification. Maybe I thought it would make me feel more significant. Anyway... I got the ends and the means mixed up, I guess, and now I really don't think they like me very much anymore. I know lots of people, but I'm really a very lonely man. 
I wouldn't know who to talk to if I could put my frustrations into words. There's no accountability in my life whatsoever. Nobody knows or even seems to care how I'm doing financially with my business, with my wife, with my children or spiritually. Now, I know you're interested at the group level, but I'm just talking about me personally, individually. I don't expect you to personally spend time with me, but I wish we had some way of linking men together to talk about these things. Frankly, I've done some things in business which I regret. I've cut corners and compromised my integrity. I feel guilty about it, but since no one knows the difference, I just go on pretending that everything is okay. I'm really not much different from anyone else. I often wonder if behind these plastic Sunday morning smiles, other men might feel the same way I do. Oh well, I never planned on mailing this letter, but I just had to get some things off my chest. I really wish I could tell you about these things. I guess I'll just see you on Sunday. Now, you might be thinking, if you're not looking around the room and wondering who wrote me that letter, you might be thinking, wow, I could have written part of that letter. I could have written much much of that letter. You will know that I'm not reading someone's mail here. This actually came uh, out of a book called The Man in the Mirror, which is a very well-known book. Um, by Patrick Morley. I encourage you to check a look at that. It really deals with this issue of inauthenticity. But it was a letter that he had received in his ministry. So today, we're going to talk about what it means to live authentically with each other. And what we're going to see this morning is that that freedom and healing, they come from a life, um, they come from life when we're able to be real, to, to lean on each other, and to rely on God. I'm going to say that again. Freedom and healing come in life when we're able to be real with each other, to to lean on each other, and to rely on God. Listen to Paul's words to the Corinthian people as he was trying to lead them to make some better choices. 1 Corinthians 2, starting in verse 1. Paul said, When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. He said, I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. And my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this, he said, so... You would not trust in human wisdom, but in the power of God. I, I love this. You know, after this introductory chapter where he gets through some of the formalities, he just gets right to the point and he, he puts it all out there. And rather than trying to say all the things he needs to say to assert his leadership, to get them to do what he wants them to do because he sees they're making some bad choices themselves, Paul decides to practice authenticity. And he starts with transparency. He basically says, guys, I've never never come trying to impress you or be someone I'm not to get you to, to respect me or to listen to me or to follow me. He says in verse 2 that this was an intentional decision, a decision to be transparent, a decision to be honest, uncomfortably honest, even about himself. Not to show the best of himself, 
but to be the real Paul, warts and all. Transparency is one of the essentials to live in the authentic Christian life. It's not optional. We can't do it without it. And transparency requires humility, which means being okay with people not seeing you the way you want to be seen. Jesus actually said, when we humble ourselves, then we will be exalted. Proverbs says, if we choose not to conceal our lives from each other, even our sins and our shortcomings, that we can find mercy and prosper. The book of James says that when we allow people to see the real us like that, that we actually find healing. God designed us, guys, every one of us, to find freedom and healing through being real, through being transparent with each other, not wearing masks. And that requires uncomfortable honesty when we speak truth to people rather than just what we think they want to hear. It involves sometimes speaking the truth in love and then walking with someone after that through the process of healing and perhaps even restoration. Jesus spoke out about being transparent on a number of occasions. He called the Pharisees and the religious leaders people who weren't transparent. He actually used a word for that. You remember what it was? Hypocrites. Do you know what the word hypocrite actually means in the Greek, the literal Greek translation of the word hypocrite? It means mask wearer. Wearing masks seems to be the right thing to do. It seems to be the natural thing to do. But the more we do it, the more we hide, the more stressful and even exhausting life can become. And in those moments when we choose To wear the mask and we don't allow someone to see who we truly are, we're only blocking our very source of hope and healing through it. Now, being authentic doesn't just involve um, transparency. It also requires vulnerability, doesn't it? Paul says in this passage, he says, I came to you in weakness. In many versions of of, of the the English translation of the Bible, what you'll see is it actually uses the word fear there. One translation actually says, I was weak and shook with fear. My teaching and my speaking weren't with wise words, it said. Rather than using persuasive words to get them to do what he thought was right, Paul chose to be vulnerable before them and allow the power of the Holy Spirit to work in and through him. He could have asserted himself and flexed his leadership muscles and said, I planted this church and guys, you're not doing what you need to do and let me tell you, Instead, he just said, let me just show you who I really am, and let's do this together. Paul shows us that we can be vulnerable around those that we trust. Now, the funny thing is, as kids, we don't have a whole lot of trouble with vulnerability, do we? I mean, as as kids, we're innocent, we share the things that are happening in our lives, but when we, oftentimes, to the embarrassment of our parents, right? But the more we get old, older, we get hurt sometimes along the way, right? And we learn to clam up. We learn, hmm, I can't really share that about myself because when I do, people reject me. People don't receive me. And so we learn more and more when and how to wear the mask. 
I get it. I mean, we don't, we don't want to be rejected. We don't want to feel hurt. We want to be accepted. We don't want to feel judged. But there comes these points in our days, and I know you know what I'm talking about, when there's this thing that we know we need to say, but we find it so much easier to just pick up the mask and wear it instead and not let people see who we really are. And there's a really good resource in your online sermon notes today. I, yeah, there's a few resources I put in there as I do each week. One of them is about this whole idea of being authentic and how sometimes we're afraid to be authentic because of, we're, we're afraid of being rejected. Really thoughtful article about how to approach that. But I think uh, it's important to realize here that Paul isn't saying that we're to be vulnerable and just share all of our dirty laundry with everybody that we come across. He doesn't do that himself. He shares his life with those people that he trusts. The people who, I mean, these are the people who he, he gathered together and he helped plant this church. And he's trying to show them through his living vulnerably and transparently how they can do so as well. And how Christ's power can work through weakness. In fact, in a subsequent letter that Paul sent this church in Corinth, in 2 Corinthians, uh, Paul talks about how he's learned to find pleasure in boasting about his weaknesses. Now, the example of the religious leaders, the example of the Pharisees in Jesus' day was to wear masks, to act spiritual, to, to act perfect, to live like everything is great and just wear the smile, to act religious, to act spiritual, and to wear the mask. But that kind of life, sooner or later, just wears us out. Jesus showed us a different way of life. He let people in to see him weep and break down. He invited those who were closest to him to, to pray with him in the st- most stressful, the, the hardest moments of his life. And he attacked the spiritual inauthenticity of religious people. Freedom And healing come in life when we're able to be real, to lean on each other, and to rely on God. And when we live this way before others, we encourage the people around us to live the same way also, right? I mean, if you're not transparent, if you're not vulnerable with me, if you are good at wearing the mask, then won't I learn to wear my mask in front of you all the time as well? We set the example for those around us as we choose to take it off and allow people to see the brokenness, allow people to see the hurt, the pain, the struggles, the questions, the failures, the disappointments that we have. Not so that we can drag everybody down all the time and be a negative nail. No, but by being real in those moments when we need to be real and allowing people to see that in us. You know, I'm not perfect at that myself. This is something that I work hard at in front of you. The reason I do that is because I see all the time people are putting pastors up on pedestals and I'm constantly trying to knock them down, at least in front of me. I have to tell you something. In case you are new and you haven't figured this out yet, I'm just like you. I'm, I'm having to learn how to figure out how to love my wife sometimes and to be faithful to her. I'm trying to figure out how to love my teenage son and pray that I don't screw him up somehow. I'm trying to, to use my talents as part of Christ's church to help people take steps closer to him. I'm trying to figure out how to manage my finances well. I'm trying to figure out how to manage my health well and to eat right. But guess what? I'm an idiot just like you. I blow it with my wife and my son on a regular basis. 
I cave into those homemade desserts over and over again. And would you please stop putting them in my office? You're, help, you're not helping. <laughs> Don't listen to her. In 2006, this is when I learned this lesson the hardest. You see, back in the 90s was I, when I was in college, I had to learn how to wear this well. I thought I did. And finally, 2006 came. I was a pastor of a church in the Phoenix area. My marriage was falling apart. My wife and my, our relationship was just broken on, in multiple places. And you know what? We both wore our masks with pride. No one could see through them until everything fell apart. And then there was nothing left. When we separated from each other for a period of weeks and we tried to figure out what do we do to fix this mess we've created. We were so concerned about making sure everybody saw us the way we wanted them to see us that we held people back from being able to help us, to bring, help us find healing, help us to find hope. It wasn't until we f- were able to figure out by God's grace how to put the broken pieces back together and to restore our relationship that people started coming to us and saying, wow, I wish I would have known you were struggling. We went through the same thing in our marriage. And we're like, gosh, why didn't you tell us? Like, why would we have told you that? We didn't know you were struggling. And the light bulbs finally started coming on. Ah, okay. Thank God I worship a God who doesn't expect me to wear a mask. He doesn't love my mask. He loves me. I thank God for my small group and for others in my life who I can be transparent and vulnerable with on a regular basis. When I came to Grace, one of the things that was absolutely essential to me, I actually made it a condition of even coming here, was the fact that there would be a pastoral wellness team for my wife and I and for my family. Because I knew ministry was demanding and it was hard. And I wanted to, be, I wanted to have at least a small contingent of people here at Grace that I could, show, I could make sure there's no mass. I could show every pain, every hurt, every struggle that we had. And guess what? The, these people who were on my wellness team, they have seen quite a bit. <laughs> There have been times when my wife and I have been really at it with each other. And I'm thinking, oh, shoot, there's a wellness team meeting in a few days. And everything in me, there's been some of those times I've been wanting to sit there like, what can I say to Teresa to get her to not talk? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm realizing, there I go again. I'm grabbing the mask. What am I doing? This is so silly. So I'm like, okay, guys, you're going to be in for a treat tonight. Here we go. At Grace... I want so desperately that this be a place where we are real. A place where we feel comfortable crash landing if we need to. Your marriage is getting ready to go up in flames or your kids are spinning out of control. You're deeply hurt by people and you just want to run away. Well, run this way. Please run here. Run to this place of grace and let us love you through the pain, the yuck, the stuff that, guess what? You're not unique to. We've all been there, done that at some point in our lives. That's what grace is about. It's not about wearing masks. It's not about trying to present ourselves the way we think others want to see us, but allowing people to see the real us. Right? Romans says we all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. And guess what? That includes you. Pretending you're different doesn't help you. It only cuts you off from the support to heal and the accountability to stay healed. 
There's a sign in my office that I put up a few, about a year or two ago. And it says very proudly, grace happens here. And it was a reminder to me every time I walk into that office that there are going to be people who walk in this office today who are broken, who are hurting. Sometimes that's me. Sometimes it's others. And as I open those doors for counseling to happen, for prayer to happen, recognizing, reminding myself, there's going to be some yuck today. That's okay. And to remind everyone who walks in that office that that's okay. Life is dirty. It's messy sometimes. And we don't do ourselves or anyone else any favors by pretending for it to be anything different. Freedom and healing come in life when we choose to throw the mask away, when we choose to be real, to lean on each other, and to rely on God. So let me ask you this morning, what mask are you wearing? Who do you tend to wear these around? What are you hiding? What's holding on to you that you need to be free from? That you need healing from? Maybe, maybe uh, your life's been mostly okay, but there are these times in your life where you tend to be triggered. And you, everything in you wants to find the mask, reach out and grab it and wear it all day long. Maybe even to wear it for yourself. To not even show yourself what you're struggling with or who, what you're dealing with. And you're faking it a little bit. Let me ask you, why? Why? My father-in-law used to say, before he actually recommitted his life to Christ himself, or committed his life to Christ, he used to say to my wife and to others, you know what, Christianity is a crutch for the weak. Maybe you've heard that. And as a Christian, you don't want to look weak. Maybe you haven't accepted Christ, or maybe you haven't fully surrendered your life to Christ because you don't want to appear weak. Well, you know what my response is to my father-in-law? Absolutely, you're exactly right. Christianity is a crutch for the weak. Jesus is a crutch for the weak. And guess what? I need the crutch. I'm broken. I'm weak. I'm messed up. And guess what? You are too. So is every other human on planet Earth. Surprise, surprise. So why wear the mask? Put it down like Paul did and encourage others to do the same. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you today for this opportunity to be real with my church family that I love so much. Lord, I thank you that I have a place here at Grace Community where I can be real and authentic. I couldn't have it any other way. Yeah, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't even be able to stay if I wasn't able to be who I truly am. But Lord, I thank you that this community is one that warmly welcomes and accepts that also. Lord, I thank you that you've created a place here many, many years ago, back in the 80s, where people can have authentic relationships and be real with each other. And Lord, forgive us for those times when each one of us, all of us, we want to grab the mask. We want to go back to what's comfortable. We want to go back and do what the world does so well rather than being who you've called us to be. Forgive us, Lord, for those times when we're not real and we want to just smile and pretend like everything's okay. 
Help us, Lord, in those moments, even when relationships are broken or hurt or damaged, to enter into the mess, to be real with each other, and to sort through the mess together. Lord, I thank you that you gave us the perfect example in your son. Lord, help each one of us in those moments when we are wanting to grab the mask to see Jesus, to see his example, and to run to that instead. If you're here this morning and you have thought all of your life that this faith thing, this Christianity thing is a crutch, I would encourage you this morning to think differently. To think, yes, it is. And I want a crutch. It's okay to have a crutch. If that's you this morning and you've never fully surrendered, if you've never really trusted Jesus, if this faith thing is nothing, has been nothing more than an intellectual exercise for you, I would encourage you this morning to consider being real with God. Even if you aren't ready yet to be real with everyone else, could you be real with God? Could you be authentic? Could you share your heart with Him even now and allow Him to come in and to begin to heal that hurt, that pain, that brokenness, that those things that you've stuffed, those things that you've tried to hide from the world and even from yourself? And allow God to show you the unconditional love and grace that He's been waiting to show you. If that's true of you this morning, I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me in the silence of your heart. That's, that's not really all that it requires. It requires an openness before God. So pray this prayer with me, if that's you. Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I confess that I am broken. And Lord, I think I want the crutch. I, I think I want to show myself in you and even maybe at some point in the world that I'm not perfect, that I'm a little broken. I've got some hurts, some pains that I've been carrying and haven't known what to do with. But Lord, I know that my source of healing will only come from you, from being honest and transparent before you and before others. Lord, you say in your word in James 5 that if we confess our sins to one another, if we confess our hurts and pains even, that we can find healing. And Lord, I want to be healed. I want to be whole. I want to be that person that I was years ago before all this stuff happened. God, I ask that you would forgive me of holding on to these things. Forgive me for blocking you out. Forgive me for trying to do this on my own strength. Lord, would you come into my heart and fill me, refill me with your spirit and begin to change me, heal those hurts and pains and make me into the man or woman of God that you've called me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, I hope that this message has encouraged you. It encouraged you to figure out the masks that you've been carrying around and destroy them. Maybe it'll take you some time. But I want to encourage you to take a moment or two here now before we wrap up our time together to just 
So oftentimes in churches, I find that you go into a worship service and you hear a message and then you sing a song and you're out the door and processing just really doesn't happen. And I recognize all the processing that you might need to do from what you've heard today from God may not happen in a couple of minutes, but it's a start. And so I want to give you some space and I'm going to put a next step question on the screen. Just want to encourage you to think about what is it that God's asking of you today? What does that next step of faith look like for you when it comes to authenticity? And if you'd like to use this time to just bow your head and pray, you can do that. If you need to walk around, look outside the windows at God's creation, do that. If you want to walk to the back and partake of communion, my wife and I will be back there. We would love to have a moment with you where you can receive communion. But feel free to make this time your own.